days a brand new morning since the morning you moved in. Good morning, friend. 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 Yes, I'm feeling like a million since I got you living in. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Yeah, we're back here on WPTF for the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley here. Brother Rufus is uh, sitting across the table there. We've got Gerald Adams with us, who uh, is <coughs> one, one of the people in charge of the uh, Centennial Campus. And uh, you got a lot of responsibility, Gerald. We were just discussing that. You have a lot, lot to oversee. Well, it's, a lot, it's just a huge area. It people is. People don't realize how big it is. People <clears throat> don't realize that part of the what people think of as the Dix campus is actually part of that is Centennial uh, campus. I didn't realize that. When you, when you go uh, Cross Blair Drive, which is the entrance that goes in by the Meals on Wheels, yeah, that first little intersection you get to where that huge field is. Uh-huh. Everything on the left side of that road, all the way around, including the two circles at the end, all that is part of Centennial Campus. Uh-huh. That is not part of quote the Dix Campus and the new Raleigh Park system. In fact, that area is when there was the talk ever several years ago about Amazon coming. that's, yes. that's the area where they were looking at. Uh, uh, to come. So it technically would have actually been part of Centennial Campus. That, that they that, I think that would have been a good move on would, on their part. Would have but went, went to there. So yep. it, it's, it's a big area, and that's what just makes it a little more difficult because you're, you've got workers getting around in Kubotas or Gators or things like that. So yeah. it's just pretty good distance from this place to the next. So and that makes it a little more aggravating when you're trying to get stuff done. I, would, I wouldn't want to walk across that road slowly. <laughs> no, 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 no. Centennial Parkway. No, no, sir. no, you, no, you, no, you wouldn't. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of traffic on that road now. My friend that used to be with the uh, fire department that's retired remembers when it was didn't connect, didn't go all the way through to the farmers market. Right. They used to do all these training things on it there with fire trucks and all that. I said, well, you won't do any training thing on it now. You'll be run over. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, head out to the State Farmer's Market and talk to Sam McKeever. Hey, Sam. Good morning. How y'all doing? Fine. Sam is the manager out there, and uh, we've, we've been talking a lot about the, how hot it has been. It, the, the heat has been oppressive. It, it is. Uh, it's, even just walking in from going down at the farmer's building this morning, I, I feel, uh, even though the heat's not got up, I feel sticky. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the humidity, it, it, it is not given up, and... We were out getting some, just some fantastic vegetables the other day at the farmer's market. But, gosh, even with those big fans that in the farmer's area, it's still pretty warm. It, it is. Mm. And I, I couldn't imagine, you know, we put those big fans in been a few years ago, but they, and they're a, big, they're a big help. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine now without them. Yeah. 
I talked to a couple of farmer friends of of mine yesterday in Nashville, and and uh, gosh, that, what they have to deal with. <laughs> the, I mean, so much of the weather, not just the heat, but uh, having to worry about what the heat does to their crops, what the uh, the lack of rain does to their crops, what too much rain does to their crops. I mean, it's it's like a no win situation for them, and yet they come through. Yeah, I mean, farming. Sometimes in farming, you can do everything perfect, but the weather's out of your control, and yeah. that's that's one of those. Uh, no matter how good you are, sometimes it just don't work. It don't work out the way you want no, it. No, no, it doesn't. I salute salute farmers. But uh, they certainly have grown some some fantastic things. There's so much to choose from there this morning. There really is. Uh, going down through the farmer's building this morning, I see we got a lot of watermelons still coming in, cantaloupes, uh, sweet corn. we got peas and butter beans, and they already got those shelled for you. And, and some of the corn, too, if, if you want to buy it already shucked, they've got it shucked for you. Um, see uh, red and yellow onions. Um, Green beans, uh, peaches, some of the varieties I wrote down, um, China Pearl, Carolina Gold, and August Prince are a few of the varieties that are coming in right now. Um, let's see. Uh, lettuce, cabbage. Of course, we got some really good tomatoes coming in now, squash, cucumbers, all kinds of peppers, blueberries and blackberries, uh, red and white potatoes, um, okra, eggplant cauliflower, garlic, all kinds of greens, collards, kale, mustard, spinach, a lot of nice-looking uh, cut herbs coming in, eggs, honey, uh, mushrooms. Um, like I said, we're, we're, we're won't be long. Uh, hopefully, we'll get this heat will die down. We'll get in, start getting into some fall crops, um, like grapes and uh, some fresh crop of apples. Oh, yeah. Well, that's always a good sign. You get the scuppernong grapes and the apples start coming in. Yeah. I know we're close to fall, and hopefully the weather will be cooperative there, yeah. so it'll cool off a little bit. Yeah. We still got uh, quite a few plant vendors still here uh, this weekend. Got a lot of trees and shrubs, uh, fruit trees and bushes, uh, some really nice boxwoods. Some beautiful hibiscus down there. I mean, the flowers on the hibiscus down there in the building, they're, I mean, almost like they're a foot wide. They do get, seem to get bigger every year, those yeah, flowers. So, uh, yeah, so if, if you want something to really stand out in your yard, that, that, that'll do it. Uh, if, they, if they just stay in bloom a little bit longer. Yeah, we always like them to stay a little longer, won't we? They've also got By the way, peaches, uh, Jim, I, uh, either I or Linda have been coming back every other day to get peaches because get them while the season's here. That's right. They, and what one brand you didn't once uh, variety you didn't mention that's so popular? Uh, what what's the best seller in peaches? Freestone. Yeah, it, it's, it's a Freestone, but you didn't wind wind blow wind, wind blow. Yeah, 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 wind blow. And they're usually come in early July. I think kind of that time period for that variety. Contender is very popular too yeah. now, and I think they were in maybe a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm trying to think back. Yeah, Contender's a good one as well. I actually just got some uh, Carolina Golds earlier this week. They were really good. So. Um, also going to mention, too, we got some beautiful cut flowers down there uh, this morning. Our, our cut flower vendors, we got several, and they do a great job. And uh, So uh, if you're looking for some flowers for that special someone, they, they can help you out with that. 
of course, we got the uh, old country store up there above the farmer's building, the market shops, all kinds of farm-raised meats, eggs and cheeses, candies, drinks, ice cream, orange-age, lemonade. see, you got the, uh, the hammock shop, outdoor furniture, you've got uh, 321 coffee, uh, you've got hand soaps and lotions, uh, you've got local seafood, uh, bringing uh, fresh seafood from the coast of North Carolina. Um, of course, you've got the market grill. You can get you some walking around food. And uh, just, just get up there and uh, started putting a few more of the rocking chairs back out since COVID's. Uh, we had some rocking chairs, and that seemed very popular right before COVID, and then, then we had to take them out. But we're starting to put a few more of those Great. back in so you can sit down and, sit down and uh, take a rest. Yeah. Well, I always say the, they, they tell me at the market grill that they they do sell quite a few rufus dogs i'm i'm very thankful for that (laughs) i I don't have a patent on it or anything yeah i'm trying to get gerald here to name a tomato after me yeah we've been working on him real hard this this morning come up with something for you yeah uh but gerald gerald hadn't hadn't decided yet well i've got three here in the works and i used to wait usually wait to generation four before i name them because you can see so many crazy things happen yeah we're getting so old let me know about this one right here rufus because it's i probably will name it lexia because it's came back true here three years in a row so well, i, I don't want you to let me down we, we got, it's got to pass your inspection though before we do anything well i will certainly give that a, a well you get you get linda to buy us some fresh bread today oh absolutely I mean, is it a big one or a small one? It's about a two-slicer. Sli- uh, two it's a decent slicer. size. Oh, yeah, that's that's plenty. That's plenty. I'll make a good sandwich. Uh, Sim, by the way, I'm putting up another greenhouse now, so I'm looking to expand for next spring. I think we can, I think we can help you out yeah. with that. You may, have, you may take up one of the farmer's buildings yourself. No, we're not going to get that crazy. because <laughs> you run, I, I already know from my little one space in and one space out that if, that'll run you pretty crazy by itself. I wonder if Sam can put you beside the um, the kettle corn operator. No, I can't. That's that's bad business for me. I, I, <laughs> bad bad business for me. Make no money. Of course, I sold a lot of kettle corn for him last year because I'd be eating it for breakfast, and people would come by and look at me right funny, and I'd just point to where it, to where where it was at. The but, question is, were you bloated at the end of the day? <laughs> no. No, but I will have to say the people just don't know. I mean, I'm out there in the spring when it's cool selling plants, and those people vendors that are out there through the summertime, that that's a that's that's a tough day's work. And they're in good humor, they smile, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and just just wonderful people. Well, uh, super sod, I'm sure has been selling a lot of warm season grass this that's year. Right. Although I've I've seen fescue that's looked pretty good. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, they must be. Uh cutting and cutting it up a little not cutting it as slow and uh watering it pretty good uh to keep it keep it green um i know uh we were just talking about the other day me and uh, one of the vendors uh and actually somebody in the department of ag was looking some sod and we were talking about all the different kinds of grasses down there so uh yeah they they got zoysia centipede bermuda and then of course they got all kinds of fescue and bless you bless yeah. you rufus uh yeah thank you <laughs> they, 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 it won't be long to, to, to the fescue season will be here in just a few weeks. So. Yeah, that's that's true. We'll have to be, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit this morning. But I I tell you, I've seen some really some of the Bermuda lawns that I'm seeing. Uh, they they look outstanding this year. Yeah, really green. 
tight um, turf there. Uh, now you got to be careful about the, <laughs> about your plants because it will weave into the to the plant beds if you're not careful. If you don't have some kind of barrier or or a little fastidious about it. Yeah, so. I got a, a colleague, the one we were talking talking to earlier this week. He's got he just did zoysia in his yard, and uh, he that's a good one. It's kind of the. Probably the of the of the warm season grasses is probably the closest look you can get to a fescue, I guess. Um, some varieties, but yeah. you know there are some that that yeah, also it, it runs a wide range. There's yeah. some wide blade varieties, and then there's some really fine blades. There's of all the warm season grasses, there's none with the the, the diversity, I guess. Now there is a, a gentleman in my neighborhood, and I walk by. I on my route, I, my walking route, and he has. And it gets some filtered light in there, but it's it's pretty dark where he has this centipede. It's not not real thick, but it, it looks pretty good. Yeah. I don't know how to explain that. No, that's different. You know, the St. Augustine he, will will do in some pretty good shade. But. He planted it by with seed too. Huh. Mm. Man has a touch. Evidently, yeah. I've heard all kinds of stories about trying to grow centipede in the shade, and I, I don't know what to believe. <laughs> I swear, he he. I, I even talked to him about it because I, I said, "Well, that's I know that's not because it was a wrong co- color green for for fescue. It doesn't look like fescue. It looks like a warm season grass. It's just not as thick as it uh, as it would be in full sun. So it would be down east, and he doesn't cut it very low." But uh, he still got it going. I don't know. We'll have to take a plot, take a little plug of that over to NC State and see what's going on with it. Well, they've been working for years trying to get a Bermuda that can take more shade. And I'll, in fact, the turf field days this coming week. Uh, so possibly I get a little information where that's where that's at. I wish you would. Yeah. You know, supposedly they made a trip years ago over to Africa, and there was some like giant shade tree, and there was this Bermuda growing under it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they've been using that, doing all these kind of crosses and weird since then. So that it's been long enough; they may finally have gotten somewhere with that. That would be wonderful because there are a lot of people who would like to have a warm season grass, a little more uh, tight turf there, and a little more trouble free. Than fescue and something that's permanent rather than than uh, just kind of temporary like fescue is, according to turf specialists. But I don't. We'll see. I know they're working hard on that. Sim, uh, the market imports pretty good, and uh, those restaurants. Wow. Market imports. You got water fountains, all kinds of pottery, all shapes and sizes. Um, teak, wrought iron. Uh, just a really neat place. All kinds of home decor up there. We've got some, like you said, we've got some really good restaurants. Uh, you got the State Farmers Market restaurant. They open up at six and close at three. Great country cooking, and of course the North Carolina Seafood Rep- Restaurant opens up at eleven a.m. and closes at eight p.m. And then, <coughs> and down below the seafood restaurant, you got the Hunter Pork Center. So, uh, you've mm-hmm. got pork anyway. Good you want. fat back down there. Now, I uh, I saw Gerald. Gerald was taking a break. And Melissa and I were at the Farmer's Market restaurant the other day, and, and there was Gerald. I wasn't taking a break. I was eating lunch. <laughs> uh, that's right. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't want don't to um, get you in trouble. You well, were, let me say a word about eating. the market imports, Mike. I, everybody has a problem with a hose. You try to roll them up, and they wiggle them, this and that. 
they've got a pottery up there that you wind the hose around and it stays permanently in there and it's one of the best things I've ever got. I've got them all over the yard and they've got them at market imports. It's a hose holder pottery. How about that? That's nice. You keep you keep it hooked to your faucet. The hole it goes up through the hole and then you wind it around and it's just so trouble free. Well, I'll uh, yeah, it's all there's a lot lot to talk about. Lot to see at the State Farmers Market. Sam, thank you very much. And I think y'all gonna be out here with us next week. I, that's what I'm told. Yeah, next Saturday. Yeah. Well, I'm tickle pink. Yeah. yeah. And uh, th- we're gonna have also have Honeybee Day next Saturday as well. All kinds of honey products and educational displays and demonstrations. So that that ought to be really good. We've been out there uh, before when they had had the honey folks out. Yes, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's probably one of my one of my favorite events that we do uh, as far as a uh, commodity day uh, type event. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, be yeah. sure to come out. Well, beekeepers ha- have a tough job they pleasing do. those those uh, those bees. Yeah. They just they're kind of fickle. They are a little. They can be fickle. <laughs> my granddaddy used to have beehives, and I used to find out the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they they do that too. <laughs> <laughs> They'll sting you before they leave. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, Sam, thank you very much, my friend. We'll right, talk to you been. later. That's uh, Sam McKeever out at the State Farmer's Market. Let's uh, head to Wake Forest and Paul. Paul, I bet you want to talk tomatoes. Good morning, morning friends. I'm glad you've got my friend Gerald there. Yeah. So, uh, tomato problem. I've been growing, I'm 80 years old, and I've been growing tomatoes all my life. This is the worst year I have ever had. Girl, um, what's that old Henry, little Henry? Little Henry. That thing is almost dead. Oh, well, Paul, no. what in the world have you done to it? <laughs> I don't know. What am I doing wrong this year that I've never... I've got everything in pots. Yeah, I I don't... Part of this year, I mean, disease pressure has been pretty high again this year because we had, you know, above average moisture for the spring coming into summer. It it never helps when we have as much hot weather uh, Mm -hmm. as we've had. One, I've had a lot of people uh, contact me that their plants were still living and didn't have much disease, but they were not fruiting. And that's because when we have this many days in the 90, you know, the pollen dries up and, the, and it doesn't fruit, so you see a plant with no fruit. Uh, but I don't necessarily know that you did something wrong. Uh, I have had to water a little more this year than normal because of how hot it's been, and those containers especially will dry out a little bit quicker. But I just think it's our... You know, tomatoes are the most difficult fruiting plant I know to grow in this part of the world just simply because yeah, of all the... Yeah, and this is the only thing that I grow. They uh, need sun, and they need consistent water. Yeah, uh, and this year that water has had to be more <laughs> consistent just because they've dried out so quickly with all this 90-degree yeah. I've well, even I here... don't even have any leaves. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Uh, you probably got one of the fungal diseases uh, that I knocked them out. anything. Yeah. Mm. Well, everybody's a lot of people have problems. Did you have any particular problems this year, Rufus, with uh, your tomatoes? Or absolutely, except two of Gerald's. I don't have any problem with Gerald's Lightning, and the the one that I 
love so much, no problem there. Uh, but the other is just turned yellow, and uh, it's just it, it's. I, I think it's the Granville wilt. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, Paul, I've lost a number of ones this year, and I spray with all sorts of fungicide to try and keep them alive. Yeah. So uh, when I'm having difficulties, that's usually a sign to me that uh, there's there's more disease pressure out and about. Um, well, now, what fungicide can I use? Uh, chlorthylonil is probably the most widespread fungicide. It was originally sold under the brand name Daconil. Yeah. Uh, and it affects the broadest range of diseases. There are some things better for specific diseases, but it's one that uh, you, you it, it's got the best chance to help when you're not exactly sure which possible disease uh, you, you may have. Uh, I, I got a program where it's one of the ones that I used every, every so many days. I usually go to Lowe's to buy my stuff. Yeah, you should be able to find it. You should be able to find now, it. Now, is that it's going to have the chemical name, or is, is Dacanil still? It's probably may be named Dacanil yeah. uh, in it, but when you look at the fine, fine print, the actual chemical is chlorthylonil. That's been an uh, that's been around for a long time. It, I know Irv used to talk about that. It, it has been around a long time, and and in liquid, it looks like milk. It's a white, thick white liquid. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, thank y'all, and I enjoy it as usual. Thank you so much, Paul. We appreciate your loyalty. Oh yeah. Bye, well, Paul. By the way, you're at a good age. I can tell you about that. Yeah. I, I know <laughs> you mentioned it the other day. Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Thank a lot of things to still do. That's right. I hope so. To y'all. All right. Bye. You can be a radio star at 81. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. A second life. Well, it has been my second life. Uh-huh. Second I'll, career. I'll, I'll be somewhere talking, and somebody will come up, and they won't talk about Watergate or this or that, or saw you in the paper. they say, I recognize that voice. Yeah. Yeah. Those Rotarians want to talk about Watergate, though. You're going back to the I, to the I, West I, Raleigh Rotary Club and talk about it, aren't uh, you? By the way, I, I want to thank Charles Heatherly for that honey. Whew, that, good. I, Charles, I, I just fantastic. I had biscuit the other night, and mm-hmm. it, it is superb. I need to write uh, write Charles a, a note. Thank you uh, to, to the Rotarians. Well, well, he's he's writing a book, too, on, on the— Bonnie Neighbors case that from, was from Benson that happened in Benson years mm-hmm. ago, and he's coming to see me, and we're going to talk about that. Early seventies, oh, yeah, that happened a long time ago. Yeah. Mm. Well, I get that a lot, Rufus. People recognize my voice, but not for anything <clears throat> famous I've done because of the slight accent that I have. Well, you yours is, <laughs> but they know you from their show. Uh, it's funny when I was at Carolina. I would have people all the time, where exactly are you from? And I said, where do you think I'm from? And they'd say, at South Carolina and Alabama would be the two things. And I would turn around southeast, and I'd say 38 miles that direction. That's yeah, where I'm from. That's right. <laughs> See, they're very sophisticated. <laughs> well, now, Michael's the one with the magic voice. Yes, we'll, we'll we be, don't have that. We'll be back. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF, 919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Now, the, the grasses, the, the warm season grasses, Gerald, have been looking good, as we discussed earlier. I have seen fescue lawns that have looked good. 
Now, mine looks the same. It's, it's, I've got so many plants and not a lot of grass now because it just, I, I can't, it won't compete with the roots of all the trees that I, the trees and shrubs that I have. So, uh, but we are coming up on a time when we can do something with fescue if we want to. I don't know. Why, why would these fescue lawns be looking so good? I, do they well, all have, maybe they all have sprinkler systems. It, it, if you get an inch of, inch of water a week on it during the hottest part of the summer, and if you preventatively are spraying for brown patch, there's no reason it shouldn't look good. If you, A, don't have the ability to put the water and you're not one of the fortunate ones that's been in the rain belt <laughs> this summer, then it's going to be hard for it to look good. And quite frankly, it's extremely hard for one to look good if you're not spraying something preventatively for brown patch. Yeah. Because with the humidity we've had this summer, the, the brown patch would be off the off the chain, and that makes it very difficult for one to look really good, in fact, impossible mm. uh, for it to look good. But people that, I mean, if you're prepared to do that, you make the original expenditure to put in irrigation, you see to it that your irrigation works properly, uh, and once a month use one of the, you know, strobularian fungicides to spray on it at least June, July, August, then there's no, you, you can have it looking good. But mm-hmm. that's probably 10% of the people out there. And if that's not the case, then every September it's going to be time to recede. Mm. Wow. Well, <clears throat> the uh, the fescue normally in September, but gosh, it's still hot in September. Uh, it, it, it is. And I still recommend, I usually mid-September is when I go, because that gives you time if for some ever reason you don't get a good stand, say you, you seed it, uh, had some kind of heavy thunderstorm come through or, or whatnot and got run off or had one of these issues from a hurricane come through where standing water and all this. If you, if you go in, in mid-September and something doesn't go right, you've still got October, you know, most of October that you can come back and reseed again. Uh, if you wait till October and then have an issue, then you, you may have slipped out of your window of time. Uh, so there, there's still not an a issue. And by the time that grass is up in September and starting to develop roots, we should be to early October. And normally I would say we would be to cool weather, but seems here like the warmer weather stays with us longer uh, now. But m- it, it is rare you do have to, you know, get some water on those young seedlings to help get them established when they're coming up or time the rain just right, which is I'm having less confidence in our weather forecasting people all the time now. So uh, I like to – and it doesn't take Tough much. profession. I mean, you can put a sprinkler out there. You don't have to have irrigation. I mean, but you do need to get – Remember to turn it on. <laughs> you, you do need to get uh, – have a little moisture when those seedlings first pop up because that's kind of the critical stage when they're developing that root. And it does, I mean, you don't have to drown it. You just kind of have to keep them damp so they can help get them established. The gentleman from Watauga County is recognized for three minutes uh, on the clover bill. Well, uh, I haven't had any trouble with the brown spots with my clover, but it, it does like a little water. It, it, it can fade down, but I, I still believe that if you have a yard like I've got, Gerald, I don't need to be winning any awards for a lawn because I don't have to prove anything to anybody. 
and I admire these people that do it, but I don't use, I've never used to drop a pesticide except one time crabgrass was creeping in mm -hmm. to uh, my rock garden, and I, I it had to go. <laughs> I, it had to go, and uh, I still have a huge silt uh, silt grass problem uh, well, everywhere. I've, but it will mow down. Yeah. It will mow down, and it's critical to get either cut it down or spray and kill it or pull it up before it seeds out. Those heads on it have. Millions of and, and that'll start that. pretty soon. Yes, we're getting very close to now. That. Charles was talking about, he says, You know, you still haven't helped me uh, with uh, my keeping weeds out of my pollinator garden. I said, Well, you know, if, you, if you're trying to do it organically, you got to get down there you, on you your hands get down and, knees. and dirty. <laughs> yeah. is what, is what That's you the only that is the only thing that we can recommend. I, I've seen very few. <clears throat> Weeds out at the uh, J.C. Ralston Arboretum, and I tell you, one place you will never see a weed is down Tony Avents. And I don't know where. The, who, and that's because there's a crew of ten that's pulling those weeds. <laughs> I, I I figured that, and wasn't that a marvelous thing to do for NC State? Mm -hmm. Give give that. Uh, yes. Uh, and speaking of that, we went down with our horticulturists. I don't know four, five, six weeks ago, and did a little tour down at Plants Delights, and we particularly, Tony himself carried us through the garden. And if you are looking for things to grow, period, but especially in shade, uh, you can go through that juniper-level botanical garden and see stuff, A, that you're not familiar with, stuff that is growing and flourishing, and stuff that's never pruned. Uh, one of uh, Tony's biggest peeves is plant the right plant in the right place and let it grow and never spend any time pruning it. Never. Zero. Yeah. Uh, from that. And you will just see a phenomenal uh, palette <clears throat> of plants and things that you're maybe not, a, not aware of. Uh, and that's part of the reason, Rufus, that you can get by so well with not alone because you got such a diversity of plants everywhere. You know, if you don't want to have a lawn, well, you can get out and plant some stuff and make all kinds of little gardens, different yeah, different yeah. type gardens out there, and you don't you don't have a need for the lawn then. I know Tony one time was talking about he hated <clears throat> these little meatballs. That that's what he called a boxwood. He said, yeah. All these little meatballs sticking around <laughs> in people's garden. <laughs> <laughs> and having the same, uh, he was also a stickler about. Not wanting people to plant the same plant right. just over right. and over in their right. yard. It may like it. It may look good. It, it's something that pleases them. But don't don't go back to the nursery and get more of those. Get something else. I don't remember the exact <clears throat> number, but the Juniper Level Botanical Guard has the largest number of species of plants of any garden in North America. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he sells them, it's, sells it's, them all, sells some, them all over the place. It's unreal number, yeah. w When he tells you so, and yeah. you know, a, a lot of what he's done over his career is to try to to prove that things that are not supposed to grow here will grow here. And he says he's killed a lot of stuff, but he has a lot of things that historically you wouldn't think would grow in our our zone, but he's got them down there growing, and not only growing but flourishing. Yeah, go to the website and 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 uh, sign up their mailing list. They'll let you know when you you.
can come out and buy plants. Uh, they do it four times a year. But you can go down almost any time and go through the gardens. Yeah. So that yes, they have certain times of the year when you can go and then actually buy plants. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's worth the trip just to go down there and and, oh, check, yeah. and they got stuff going on. It doesn't matter the season. They got it used to be out in the middle of nowhere, but not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of houses around there. All right, we're going to talk to Rose Rose, and uh, is that Steve? Steve back with us? Okay, well, we'll talk to Steve, too. Coming up on the WPTF Weekend Gardener. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. We're back on WPTF at 951. You're listening to the Weekend Gardener at WPTF. And Brother Rufus is with us and Gerald Adams. And um, Rose Rose is here. Hey, Rose. How are y'all doing? Oh, we're fine. It's a good day. <laughs> yeah, nice day. Uh, as long as you're in air conditioning. <laughs> Well, I love heat. Oh, you oh my do. goodness. You know, yeah, Johnny Hood, there's something about Princeton. Because <laughs> Johnny Hood was from Princeton. He loves heat. He, in fact, he moved to Florida. He loved <laughs> I don't it so blame much. Him. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah, he was a good old boy. Yeah, he was a good old boy. There's no doubt about that. But I'm just happy this morning. I'm looking out at my fragrant avilia, and it is covered with butterflies. Oh, wonderful. A fragrant of it. I couldn't find any butterflies out there, but they're just out there. I want everybody to know I have my butterflies back. (laughs) Is that an easy plant to find, the fragrant abelia? I don't know. When I was young and first started gardening, I went to uh, the Arboretum, and I I took every class that Dr. Austin had on propagation and gardening and all his tours. Oh, wow. And that's where I learned about a lot of plants. Yeah. And so I planted my front yard in beds because I live on crossroads, and it's successful. Nobody can look into my windows now because <laughs> it's all filled up. Yeah. And so I found this fragrant abelia there, and I, I planted three in a group. And, and on that, I have growing that American wisteria, and it really looks pretty in the spring. That, it doesn't get away from you, does oh, it? No, that is easy to control. Ooh. That would be Rufus Edmonston approved with Star Boy. I'm happy with that. Uh, Gerald, did, did, did y'all over at uh, Campbell Road, did y'all ever sell any uh, fragrant abelia? I don't think so. Is that the one rose that gets can get pretty large? Oh, yeah, that's probably 15 or 20 feet tall. I don't, it's pretty tall, 15 feet probably. Wow. Yeah, because it seems to me like I think my grandmother had some around the end, end of her house. Uh-huh. On that because you would smell it, but it was it got got pretty good size. Yeah, this is I like it. Of course, I have a big yard out there, so it looks good. What what does it smell like? Is it can you? Does it smell like another plant that you can? No, it it doesn't have a lot of fragrance, uh-huh. but it's just a mild sweet thing. Yeah. Okay. So the butterflies love it though, and that's good. So you got lots of butterflies. Have you had a had pretty good butterfly population oh, all had, summer? Uh, up until this year, I've had over 20 at one time out there. Do you plant things to attract oh, yeah, butterflies, butterflies and also to I grow found, butterflies? Yeah, I, I planted a butterfly weed that, that I found that growing at the edge of our farm. Mm-hmm. And it's blooming right now. And it's that yellow one. Oh, yeah. A native. 
and I don't have that one that has that kind of off-colored uh, flowers. Rufus, you have have you seen a lot of butterflies in your landscape? Uh, absolutely, they they love these Mexican sunflowers, and they're starting to bloom, and they just seem to flock around it. <laughs> Have you, you ever grown any Mexican sunflowers, Rose? Oh, yeah, I used to have those. And I, I have learned when they start up, get up to about a foot, start chopping them down because the, the root system is very weak, and, and they'll grow up about 12 feet tall, and first rain or wind, come, over. they fall over. And they still bloom when they fall over, but you don't like them falling over in your lawn. Right. But I, I found those to be one of the best uh, butterfly attractors around. I don't have that now, but I used to have that. Hmm. So uh, the other thing I, was, I wanted to talk about was uh, next week I'm going to plant my fall vegetables, and I thought the neighbors like, would like to know about that because now the, August is the time to plant all those brackets things. and Collards. Col- oh, yeah, collards, cabbage, kale, <laughs> cauliflower, whatever. And I guess the pumpkin crop up around Sparta is probably looking pretty good right now. I, I never. I grew pumpkins one time, <laughs> and uh, I, I grew them for my children. And we had a neighbor. She came up there and picked my pumpkins before they were ripe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. P- pumpkins, at least uh, up around Sparta, were I used when I went up to a family reunion there. One of my wife's family reunions. We saw a lot fields and fields of pumpkins in August. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So it's hard to believe, but. We're getting close to that. Well, you got to have a lot of room to grow pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted you to know about my butterflies today. Well, I am so glad that you you're able to attract butterflies. So uh, we need to see more of them. That's right. All right, Rose. Thank you so much. Thank you, and I love all of you. Uh, we thank love you, you too, and and call us anytime. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Bye. Don't you to get tired of me? No, we we don't. We we'll we'll never get tired of you. Oh, yeah, don't you get tired of us? Yeah, don't get tired of us. Never, look, I've been listening to you all my life, and I've told you the story about my grandmother's dial would not move from WPTF on that old radio. Then my mother's radio got the same way. So when I was growing up, I said, when I get grown, my radio is going to move to other places. Well, you guess what? My old radio couldn't move. There you go. (laughs) Well, I lack one year of being here half the time that the station's been on the air. Oh, my. Well, I've known you forever, didn't I? Yeah, so WPTF will be 100 years old in 2024, and my 50th anniversary will be 2025. Uh So how about that? I've been here way too long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me. Well, thank you, Rose. Yeah, Thank you for letting me call you. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Bye bye. All right, Steve. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Oh, you're you're riding now. You're in a car. Yeah, we're we're on our way to a family reunion. Okay. Well, Uh, good luck with that. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot about the daily meeting is this Tuesday at Pal Drive Community Center at seven o'clock. Doors open at six forty-five. Powell Drive. That's the uh, that's the Raleigh. The Raleigh Daily Club. Yep. Okay. So it's our uh, monthly meeting will be held this Tuesday. Well, give us a uh, give us a general area. Of course, we have GPS now, but general area for Powell Drive. It's uh. Sort of <laughs> 
not in Garner. It's off of Western Boulevard. Yep. Uh, just past the old Kmart. Yeah. All right. You go past the old Kmart, and it's on the left at the top of the hill, and then it's uh, right down on the, on the right. Uh, we're going to have a guest speaker from our national convention, and we're going to show pictures of the national convention and our daily show. Very good. So, All right, good reminder. And that's what day now? It's 7 o'clock on what day? Tuesday, August the 9th at 7 o'clock. All righty. Thank you, Steve. Well, thank you for letting me call back. Yes, sir. Take care. Yeah, a lot of a lot of groups. We've got the the uh, Rock Garden Society and and uh, you know, just the the Hemerichalis, uh Daylilies, and lots of lots of different clubs around. It is one thing for certain now. If if you garden and you've got a particular thing that you you love doing or would like to learn how to do, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be too hard to find right. somebody that's that's willing to spread their knowledge and help you out. Iris society uh bonsai yeah all of them more of the weekend gardener coming up here on wptf